So there's something like 40,000 GPs in Australia. Many of them work for themselves or for a small partnership. There's the large organization, like groups of them. But the heart of general practice, the DNA of it almost, is, is in the single GP practices owned and operated by those that deliver the care. For the patient, that brings something a bit unique. And for your health and for you and your family, that's what you want. You don't want something that's cold and transactional and you want a partnership with a GP who genuinely puts the patient first. So I love stories behind the superheroes of health in Australia and that's why I'm very excited about our guest today, Dr. Nick Tellis, co-owner of Partridge GP. And we're going to talk about running a GP practice in Australia, using technology, engaging patients and loads more. Let's make it happen, Team Health Tech. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Burge, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Dr. Nick Tellis. He's a specialist GP helping patients since 2002 and a practice owner since 2007. He helps patients, GPs, allied health professionals and GP nurses do their best work together. Hey Nick, how are you going? Fantastic, fantastic. Great intro. Good music and the screen is just flashing behind you. So I was getting a bit of a rave vibe there. So <laughs> good work, good work. I, you know what? Only yesterday someone complimented me on my party lights for my Zoom call that I had. So, and it's not even in this setting here, but I've, I think during COVID and everything, whilst we're kind of working from home, I've very much doubled down on making the home office a bit of a place to work and entertaining to watch on a Zoom call. So maybe I've overdone it on the party lights, but yeah. Amazing. I did try and get the cat meme going on my last Zoom call. <laughs> uh, sadly, the, the cat, I believe, belongs to that fellow's computer rather than the, the Zoom platform oh, itself. Wow. So try as I may, I could not get that happening mid-call. Yeah, well, well done. We've joined this call. There's no cat memes. There's no filters. It's all just conversations about general practice in Australia. So thanks for making the time. I only gave a really high level overview of what you do, Nick. It'd be great from your perspective and your words. Tell us a bit more about yourself. Who's Dr. Nick? Tell us. Well, Dr. Nick, I'm a GP, proud GP, specialist general practitioner, fellow of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners since 2007. Seems a different decade away at least mm. now as a gp your primary care in australia unreferred care the backbone of the health system where the majority of health happens and where your first and third opinion every door in general practice is the right door there's no complicated maze to get in to see us we're here to help and over and above that i'm the owner of partridge gp and we are the general practice in our area for great GPs, great allied health professionals, great general practice nurses, and above all, our patients to get great care and be served well. Awesome. You're in Glenelg as well in South Australia, yeah? That's it. Beautiful, sunny, beach-signed Glenelg. Yeah. Nice one. A good place to be. That's amazing. And we're talking health tech, so always interested in the technology that's used in general practice. It'd be great to get a kind of overview on what kind of technology you use in your practice. So we started the practice, just me and another doctor, Nick. And the first technology that we put into the practice was human technology. So we had to have a practice manager 
because we didn't want the GPs to be doing all of this stuff. GPs concentrate on doing GP stuff and practice managers and administrative people concentrate on that. So then we armed our practice manager and our administration staff and our GPs with the technology they needed to do their work. So just really simple stuff, full featured computers, really good internet, proper printers, not the $50 printer that you buy just because it's got a half full ink cartridge, but actual three tray printers, laser printers, you know, that you can print your scripts, your pathology and so on, just bang, 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 rather than fiddling around with 50 bits of paper. We try and make the life of our staff and our GPs easier through technology rather than harder. And what do you like about what you've got at the moment? What do you look at and you go, this is a good setup. I should be telling other GPs about how we do things with technology here. Well, we moved to best practice. And I think at the moment, best practice is, is probably your best bet for an electronic medical record in Australia. So that works very well for us. And I think all of the GPs that come to us and work with us are very grateful for that software, which is updated and working well. We also spent the money for weapons-grade internet. We've got a 50 megabit cable plugged into the practice, which is not NBN. We thought that was a critical piece of work that we couldn't leave up to NBN. We've got full-featured computers in each room, the aforementioned printers, and I'm trialing stuff in my room first so we can roll that out to other doctors. So things like doctor's control panel, which we've rolled out to everyone in the practice. Oh yeah. I've got dual monitors, a gaming keyboard, a gaming mouse, a microphone for voice dictation. I've also got better consult working, which allows patients to tell us a bit more about why they're coming in. And especially for me, stops me having to type it all in, which is fantastic. Better consult, that's from the health share guys, right? I believe it is. I believe it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw when that came out, that was really interesting. And actually just on the gaming keyboard and the hardware setup, I've seen recently a video too of some pretty nifty ways that GPs are using gaming keyboards and like macro kind of triggers Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Really interesting ways to make things a bit more efficient. I was fascinated by that. Yeah, I mean, just uh, looking at best practice, you've got some built-in things, the templates, setting up favorites, you've got autofills, and then you can take that another level locally. So you can use things like Phrase Express to have text expansions, which I think everyone on an iPhone will be familiar with. Google don't seem to have quite come to the party with that yet, but the gaming keyboard has macros, just things like putting your login details onto the actual keyboard or just simple things that you use all the time start with the keyboard, follow on to the mouse, uh, makes checking results a breeze. And the next level of that is my stream deck, which I haven't quite got up and running yet, but it's it's getting there. 
Yeah, that was what I saw the Stream Deck set up and you can like trigger off, send a script and do this. I think that's such a cool hack. So kudos to the guys that have just worked it out. So I guess that kind of comes to though, the point around, it doesn't matter what software, I always find this fascinating how like software gets created, but then users, particularly in healthcare, will find out a way to fit it into their solution. So what, I guess that's one path of question to go down, but I also want to think, you know, we talked about what's working well in your practice. What about what needs to be better? What have you kind of just had to patch together or make a hack to get around or what is a big missing piece in your clinic? I made the point to a lot of my doctors that when I originally used an electronic medical record, which I believe was back in 1997, it was Sunrise Clinical Manager, which I believe now is EPAS, which has a storied role in the South Australian health system. And really, when I first used Sunrise, I had a green screened blocky Ericsson mobile phone sitting next to me. I, I couldn't have put it in my pocket because I would have done myself an injury sitting down. <laughs> now, when I sit down, I've got my latest model Android mini computer phone, which, you know, could take me to Mars, I suspect, but <laughs> the clinical software that I'm using does not look dissimilar to what I was using 24 years ago. The, all that technology that we've just described, the stream deck, the phrase express, better consults, doctor's control panel, there's an awful lot of processor power, screen estate, and portions of the software. I think that that could be built in. The other thing that I would really love to see is technology should really make our lives easier. We've had a background, I remember as, as a younger guy, sort of going to the computer store and buying my bits and pieces and building my own computers and just having, you know, nerding out on this stuff. Today, doctors, especially GPs, and I think everyone, we're time poor. We need things to work. They need to be robust and they need to fit our workflows. GPs, should be biting the hand off of software vendors because their products are really leaping onto GP's desks. I, I can't imagine an accountant that, that isn't giving thanks to God for zero and Receipt Bank or, or Dext as it is now. The, these oh, things yeah, have just, yeah, yeah. yeah, these things have just made their lives so much easier. Whereas we still don't have good cloud-based software. The word processors are interesting. The, just some simple things. I, I think there's a massive, massive, massive saving to be made from canning the entire authority prescription system. The, the fact that we have a portion of the program that every GP uses in nearly every console that potentially involves picking up a phone and ringing someone to get a number to authorize a rebate for the patient is just madness. How that isn't dealt with at the back end or by some other asynchronous method is beyond me. We've got Proda for doing authority scripts, which is a whole different system that doesn't pull into the GP software. Uploading stuff to My Health Record, AIR, really just 
taking on a bit of user feedback and making that smoother because GPs often don't want to use this technology. They're, they're not using technology for technology's sake. They're using it to deliver better care more easily to their patients. I saw online, because you're quite active on socials and you've got a blog on your website and bits and pieces, and I saw recently you provided some of this feedback in a post too, and there were some interesting perspectives that others gave too. And from myself, from my own experience, I know having a lot of these conversations individually with GPs, GPs are quite happy to, you know, share this feedback to sometimes to other vendors and then to like, but not directly to some vendors. You've put, you know, your thoughts out on socials and I know other GPs do as well, but I'm always fascinated about like that approach to sharing it as much as possible. How have you found that in terms of an approach? Has anyone come back to you and has it resulted in any progression or yeah? I had a, a little bit of a chat with the best practice help desk and they gave some options on improvement and those were reasonable. I've found that best practice have been very responsive in regard to utilizing their search function, the SQL search. And I think that's, that's great as well. I went to the best practice yearly conference a few years ago now and it really looked like the future was very, very bright and very, very proximate. I think it's a common tech issue or trope where things are six months away for five years. You can see that other things have progressed quite markedly and medical software, perhaps not quite so much. And I know as well, from a vendor perspective, like I mentioned at the start too, there's, you know, 40,000 something GPs across Australia and, and everyone seems to have their own, like, yes, everyone sees patients and needs to write a script and there's some common core milestone things that they do, but everyone has different preferences and someone will use best practice and medical director and then will go on to another vendor and might say, well, I want, you know, appointments to look like this because that's what it looked like in MD or any other, you know, mm -hmm. system, not picking on any practice management system. And then the other one will be the, like, would prefer the total opposite. So it's almost like from a vendor's perspective, you're never going to be able to please all of them. So it's going to be like, how do you find that medium between, you know, and from your side, you're using a practice management system more than you'd use anything else, email, or you're literally in the system for the entire day of seeing patients. So you know it more than sometimes what the vendor does. So yeah, it's finding that middle ground and keeping the ball ticking over. But it sounds like the feedback you've been getting at least, you know, you're seeing some progression, but there's still some work to be done. Yeah, I think as, as uh, I think Dr. Todd Cameron said, it, it is the tool that you use most often in your practice and it should be sharp and it should be fit for purpose. And best practice, I think, is very, very stable, far more stable than some of the other software that I've used over the years. There are some bits of software I think that really have very prominent Achilles heels. If you're producing software for GPs and it doesn't play well with Medicare, well, you're not going to get off the starting line. I do look with envious eyes at things like Clinico and Halaxy and where, you know, sort of simplicity seems to be the soul of wit, but they do work very well as more of a uh, customer relation management system rather than electronic medical records. But, you know, I live in hope. Yeah. I know there is a lot, like the whole cloud practice management game 
there are some good vendors that are creating some really interesting solutions from scratch. And that's the problem sometimes too, is they're building something from scratch. You need the time to be able to run it through the system to have that track record that the server-based ones have had for, you know, 20 something years to, or 10, 20 years to build their thing. So it's going to be interesting to play out over a longer period of time. And it's like you say, it's the critical tool that every GP needs. So it's going to be a constant point of focus. And then if you were to then expand that thinking out and then just generally from the perspective of other GPs that might be listening and practice managers as well, people working within a GP setting, have you got feedback or some advice for those looking at implementing technology in their clinic? Sometimes it can there can be a lot of inertia around decision-making. There's so many options available to do things and it's hard sometimes to actually make a call. So you end up not doing anything and then you're kind of stuck. So what are some pieces of advice that you can provide from someone that's definitely been there and done that? I think we certainly took on board the feedback from the GPs that we serve in regard to the software that we use. So the owners of the practice had a certain amount of experience and a certain amount of ability with various software packages, but our customers as a medical practice are our GPs. And so we listened to what they had to say and what they wanted. We thought about what they would like and gave them that and let them run with it. So GPs didn't come to us and say that we want better printers or we want better internet or we want doctor's control panel. We gave them that and then let them work with it and and coach them accordingly. Some GPs seem to uh, struggle with the old worn out $10 keyboard we, we jump in proactively and get rid of that stuff. When you look at it, the, when you look at the cost of some fairly simple technology, decent screens, decent printers, decent keyboards, and decent mice, I mean, objectively, they're pretty cheap, but amortized over the working life of a GP, these things are huge. If you take a minute of absolute administrative fluff out of every console by having your pathology paper preloaded and white paper and script paper preloaded in the printer, that's just fantastic. It also frees up a lot of desk space. I do a lot of uh, external visits to the practice. I look at a lot of other people's practices and, uh, you know, sometimes you can, can barely discern the computer on the desk amongst all these bits of paper and so on. Just make it easy for people. GPs, I think, are very, very efficient as well as being excellent. And I think the technology should reflect that. Yeah. And I guess that's some things to think about, like looking on the other side of the coin, you know, we talked a bit then about the advice for the GP owners or the people working within a practice and implementing technology in their clinic. Those at the early stages of creating their health tech solutions, you know, in the Talking Health Tech community, we've got quite a few early stage companies or founders looking at building some things. And then also some GPs that see some opportunity to build a clinical solution. Do you have any advice for vendors creating solutions in, you know, creating something that's actually meaningful for the healthcare industry? Very happy to sit down and have a coffee or a virtual chat with any vendor who'd like to speak to me. I think in the same way as a GP, patients have doctors, not the other way around. And I think vendors don't have GPs, GPs have vendors. And so we are very, very happy to have a chat. And if people have the kernel of a great solution, very happy to have a chat with that. 
But I do think the big thing is GPs are not gamers. We're not uh, generally at the vanguard of technology. The technology has to bring us in. It has to meet us halfway. It's got to be user-friendly. It's got to fit the GP workflow or allow some acceleration of that. And if it can cut through some of the government friction, that'd be spectacular. <laughs> Perfect. That's some good feedback for those creating some solutions. And what about you with your practice, Partridge GP? What are you focusing on? What's important over the next 12 months? And what would your patients look forward to seeing from you moving forward? So I think from a Partridge GP point of view, we're still expanding. I think we moved into new premises about 18 months ago. Thankfully, we'd obviously done something right. We had enough going on right in the practice that so many people wanted to come that we, we moved to a place that was double the size and custom fit out and allows us to serve our patients and our providers better. Over the pandemic year of 2020, we, we built out uh, an allied health service on our existing GP practice and we've expanded our GP practice. We, we thrived through COVID. It didn't hurt that we're in South Australia, but we concentrated on safety teamwork and excellence and you know touch wood that's gone really really well and so they'll be seeing more of that we've got some great allied health providers with us now we've got more gps we remain a teaching practice we've increased our uh, human technology by getting some students in who are, are far smarter than us in, in various ways and i think we're actually beginning to see some good uh, some good network effects in just having this collection of tech, of people, of interdisciplinary care. And I think it's really improving what we're doing. I mean, I've worked in a few GP practices before and I love the vibe generally of banding together and getting something done. And there's definitely an element of family in those really successful GP clinics. I'm always fascinated about bringing different disciplines together. Like you say, you're, you're quite multidisciplinary at your practice. You've got your allied health providers and your clinicians, uh, your doctors and everything in between. How do you go about bringing those all together, especially across, you know, different generations too, in having something that's a bit cohesive and all going towards a common goal? Well, it's, it's really good. I think you've got the old-fashioned way of, of going out and having a coffee or having lunch or having the tea room and, you know, the doors being open in the practice. And, of course, with, with the pandemic and social distancing and technology, we've used Zoom for practice meetings. You can video call with whatever your video calling app of choice is. We've used Zoom. We've used uh, FaceTime, we've used uh, the, the Google product, which uh, name escapes me because it caused my phone to overheat. And <laughs> we've got a uh, you know private practice uh, WhatsApp group and we can shoot messages around. I'll often, you know, I do the blog and the socials and I'll often shoot that to people on the WhatsApp group and that will provoke a bit of discussion, usually along the lines of what the hell is Nick doing at 3 a.m. in the morning posting this stuff. <laughs> uh, it's all right. We have that relationship that I can send messages at that time. One bit of, of technology that I think my practice manager was very grateful for was when I predominantly moved to, I paid the money for Google's suite of products and then I started sending scheduled emails at 8 a.m. rather than emails at 2 a.m. 
because <laughs> that's a handy uh, tool. Outlook is not quite as easy to schedule your emails on. <laughs> I love those like small but makes an impact type changes. So that's really helpful. Nick, was there anything else you wanted to cover in our conversation? Oh, look, I think the future is bright. I think the challenges that everyone have faced over the last 12 to 18 months there was probably never a better time in human history to meet those particular challenges. We've had the internet, we've had technology, especially for GPs and GPs in Melbourne and other areas of the country. We've been able to do almost all of what we would have wanted to do, and that's all been possible through internet, through video conferencing, electronic prescribing, medical software. I think it's been a, a sterling effort by the the tech sector to keep pace through all of that. And, and I think GPs and patients have benefited. So it's been interesting. I think it'll get better in a lot of ways. I'm, I'm very optimistic. Perfect. Look, well, thank you, Nick. I'll put all the details of Partridge GP and a link to yourself, probably on LinkedIn or something so that people can connect and get in touch and take you up on that virtual coffee at some point if they ever wanted to get some feedback. But thank you so much for everything you do and the feedback you've provided and look forward to hearing all about the success of Partridge GP in the future. Thanks so much. Fantastic, likewise. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology.